What is up, everybody? Welcome into Locked on Tigers. I am your host, Chris Castellani. Thank you very much for tuning in today. It is Thursday, August 27, 2020. Tigers won their series against the Chicago Cubs yesterday with a 7-6 win, and I am going to talk about it because it was a very good game, very interesting ball game, and I look forward to discussing that, and of course, in segment two, previewing the first of a four-game series between the Tigers and the first place Minnesota Twins, but I do want to start off by discussing what was a, a whole lot of controversy throughout the world of sports yesterday, and I know this will make some people roll their eyes and possibly even make some people uh, listen to another podcast. I mean, people are tired of hearing about you know, political or world issues, you know, current events issues uh, seeping into the world of sports, but the fact is it has seeped into the world of sports. World news is sports news at this point. There is no separation anymore. And yesterday, it started in the NBA. Three postseason games were officially postponed as players chose not to play, standing in solidarity following another central shooting, this one in Wisconsin. Seven bullets fired into the back of Jacob Blake. And three baseball games were postponed as well, the first being the Milwaukee Brewers-Cincinnati Reds game. There were rumors about what the Tigers were going to do. There were rumors about every game. Tigers game ultimately uh, decided to be played. Tigers ended up winning, and I'll talk about it here in a second. Look, I'm just going to walk you through what my thought process was. And I think that is important because I I think that everyone has a different reaction to this stuff. Yes, I want to watch baseball every day of the year. Days in which baseball is on are days that are better days. I, I love this sport to death. But this moment in American history and this movement is not about me. It's not about sports. It's not about baseball. It is about something so much bigger in this country, and that's racial equality. And as frustrating as it may sound to people like me, what we want in this moment doesn't matter. And if canceling or postponing a sporting event is going to move this country closer to equality, then that is absolutely a sacrifice that we should all be willing to make. And what I realized is that my frustration did not stem from the fact that it was another sporting event potentially canceled because of you know a, a, a social justice movement. It's the fact that we've seen this way too many times. It seems like it's been about eight years now. And every single year, every summer, you know, two or three times a summer for the last six, seven, eight years, we've had to endure this as a country. A senseless shooting, usually resulting in the death of an African-American man at the hands of a police officer. And that constant repetition, that constant banging our head against the wall is the most frustrating part. And if canceling sports and postponing things that we take for granted is what's going to shake this country out of apathy, then it's a necessary evil. So that's my opinion on that. I know other people will have theirs. I understand it. This is a very complicated situation. I mean, some of it isn't complicated. Don't shoot and kill black people if you're a police officer, especially unarmed black people. That's, that's not complicated at all, but there is, there is so much more to this that I don't feel dignified or qualified enough to cover. But I will go on and talk about last night's ball game, which was a good game, a good win. Detroit Tigers winning their series against the Chicago Cubs, a 7-6 victory. A fun game to watch. They fell behind early. Michael Fulmer was 
better, maybe three innings, two earned runs, yanked a lot of fastballs, man. Command is really an issue with him right now. Stuff is fine, I guess, but, you know, not not great command. Walked two and three innings, threw a lot of balls, got behind in several counts, struggling locating his heater. And, you know, I don't want to jump to this right away because we're still very early on in his kind of comeback trail here. But one inning at a time at some point, maybe try it. You know, maybe this guy will be a reliever at some point because it's we see moments where he'll go one, two, three, or or he'll have a good inning, or where he'll only give up like a seeing eye single, you know, strike out two, or maybe induce a double play, and you're like, all right, he looks good, and then he'll respond the next inning and really struggle. It seems like he's unable to get into any sort of a groove, and that to me is like one of the number one signs that a pitcher would be better suited. Moving to the bullpen. I'm not going to go there completely yet, but it was just something that occurred to me. I'm not the first person to bring that up. Offensively was where the game was won. 18 hits last night. A really, really remarkable offensive ever. Everyone except for Isaac Paredes had a hit yesterday. The bottom of the lineup was awesome. Al Avila had a big day because three of his signings combined for nine hits. Jonathan Scope, Cameron Mabin, and Austin Romine each had three hits of their own. Austin Romine, a wonderful ball game yesterday, a double and two RBIs and a run scored. Look, the biggest difference, I mean, there's many differences between this year's team and last year's team, but I think what I've noticed is that while I will not call this team good, and you guys know this, I'm going to be, you're going to have to drag me across the mud kicking and screaming here. I will never get to a point where I call this team good, but they are capable of playing good baseball. They're capable of going five, six game stretches in which they look like a legitimate major league team. That was a luxury that last year's team did not have. Outside of that fluky, the the flukiest of flukes, you know, with that eight and four start a season ago, last year's team, every game they won basically after that eight and four start was on accident. Here you have a team with, with guys who are major league ballplayers. Jonathan Scope has been unbelievable for this team. I haven't talked about this enough, but Jamer Candelario has completely turned his career around after that awful start. I eulogized the poor guy. He was 0-18 to start the season. He's been very good for them in the cleanup spot recently with Crone going on the injured list for the rest of the season. The other thing, too, is that this offense, unlike last year's offense, this year's offense is capable of teeing off on weak pitching. Again, not a luxury last year's team had. Like, that Cubs bullpen, John Lester, like, I mentioned this yesterday, He's not only on the back nine, he's on, like, the back three. Like, he, his stuff is kind of starting to blend together. The fastball and the cutter, you know, are, are being thrown at about the same velocity at this point. But you got to that Cubs bullpen. Ryan Tapera, brutal night, a third of an inning, five hits and three earned runs. That's a bad bullpen, and the Tigers took advantage of a bad bullpen. Another thing I want to bring up, and I tweeted this, and I think it was I, I my response. A lot of people kind of shared my sentiments. ERA for Daniel Norris coming out of the pen this season. Now in 13 and a third innings, pitched two last night. Stuff is better. Fastball velocity is up a tick. We've seen him reach 95, which we haven't seen him reach here since 2015, probably. It's led to me stroking my chin and letting out an audible, hmm, 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 maybe. Now, and I, my friend Justin Spiro and I got into a, a, not an argument by any means, we actually agreed, but got into a little conversation on Twitter. The one thing they have to do now, and they have screwed this up many a time, keep his butt in the bullpen. You might have something here. 
Okay, this is a guy who's been bounced back and forth between the rotation and the pen. He's been bounced back and forth between uh, the minor leagues and the major leagues. He's struggled at many different points in his career with injuries and command. I mean, many different things have gone wrong with Daniel Norris. For the first time in his entire career, he is consistently giving you solid innings. Do not screw that up. Keep him out of the bullpen. And maybe the, the comparison some people have made, maybe, maybe you have an Andrew Miller situation. I'm not going to go that far because he doesn't have the wipeout slide piece that Andrew Miller had there for a while, and really still does. Andrew Miller's still capable of pitching some all right baseball out of the pen, but yeah, that, that is going to be very important. Now, another surprise yesterday, Joe Jimenez was pitching in the sixth inning, ended up getting the win, didn't look good, you know, walked one, gave up one hit, it was a home run, ballooning his ERA to 12-10, and his ERA over the last two years now was now above six. That was a surprising thing because Gardy had mentioned it. I don't know if he'd even been asked about it, but clearly there's been a change at the closer's role, and outside of a good outing by Jose Cisnero and, and Gregory Soto, Buck Farmer came in and nearly blew the game. One inning, four hits, three earned runs. Almost gave up a home run that would have put the Cubs in front to Anthony Rizzo. I have no issues with that decision. Because, like, the guy was becoming unpitchable. It's a 60-game season. I'm not for demoting him at this point. And by demoting, I mean sending him, you know, down to the taxi squad. But the guy has done nothing to earn the role of closer. Like, closer is a dignified thing. Every reliever in baseball, they might deny this. Maybe lefty specialists might not agree with this, but every reliever in baseball would love to be a closer. You have, the fact is, you have guys in this bullpen, Brian Garcia, Jose Cisnero, Gregory Soto, who have stepped up and pitched some pretty good baseball for you this year. Then you have Joe Jimenez, who's been, you know, arguably like maybe the worst, you know, reliever in baseball so far this season. You you had to move him. Now, unfortunately, it led to Buck Farmer nearly blowing the game yesterday. Tigers would ultimately win 7-6. to six. What was sad is, you knew he was in trouble. He'd already given up two runs, had nobody out. But what you run into is that they were stuck with him. And this is the issues you have when you have a team filled with starters who are only giving you three, four innings at a time. You run through your best relievers pretty much on a nightly basis. And they nearly got themselves into serious trouble. And it would have been a, a, a colossal loss, a, a terrible loss. They played too well in that ball game not to win, and I was happy to see them win, and it will lead them into this four-game series coming up against the Minnesota Twins. When we get back, I'm going to talk about that. Stay tuned. Built Bars are back, baby. The improved Built Bar is even more deliciouser. 18 amazing flavors. That includes nut and non-nut flavors. You have 12 original flavors. Bars are covered in 100% chocolate. Not, not 99% chocolate. 100% chocolate, soft and easy to chew. Oh, and also, Built Bars are healthy. Built Bar is great for the health-conscientious guy or girl. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, great for the keto diet, all that good stuff. You look at some of these flavors, they really are remarkable. My personal favorite, the cookies and cream, which includes 17 grams of protein, only 130 calories. 4 grams of sugar, 4 grams net carbs. And while you're at it, go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get $10 off your next order. Use promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. And we're back. Thank you for tuning in. Time to preview tonight's pitching matchup. The first of a four-game set, a 7-10 ball game at Comerica Park against the Minnesota Twins. 
a matchup between Randy Dobnak of the Twins and Matt Boyd of the Tigers. I'll start with Matt Boyd, as always, this coming from MLB.com. Matt Boyd comes in with an 0-4 record and an 8-4-8 ERA. Boyd struck out 26 Twins over 19 innings and three starts last year, but gave up eight homers, most of any opponent. Half of those blasts came from current Tigers, Jonathan Scope and CJ Crone, though, so that's that's a positive sign, I guess, addition by subtraction. And on the other end, for the Twins, you have Randy Dobnak, who's been great, 5-1, and one, 178 ERA. Dobnak just keeps chugging along as one of the best stories in MLB this season. He's on a run of five straight starts, allowing two runs or fewer in five innings or more. He's been excellent, and that is an amazing story. This guy was undrafted, was an Uber driver as early as you know one or two years ago, pitching in the major leagues and pitching effectively in the major leagues. He's got good stuff, and he trusts his stuff. You know, sometimes with these guys who well, you might go undrafted, you see that, or are low round draft picks, you see them get called up to the majors, and they kind of have that deer in the headlights look, and they often don't trust their their stuff, and probably you know it becomes a self fulfilling prophecy where they start to feel like, well, maybe I don't deserve to be here. You know, I was a low pick, I wasn't drafted, I was driving for Uber a couple years ago. Uh, this is not one of those cases. This is a guy with incredible confidence, an awesome story, Randy Dobnak. On the other side with Matt Boyd, last start a million times better, mix speeds better. The key for him, I hope he's finally figured this out, utilize all of your pitches. He has an effective changeup. Use it. He can get that curveball over for strikes. Throw it. And if you want, of course, in two strike counts, you can get guys to swing and miss in that slider. But he's he's had so much trouble adjusting to that over the last calendar year or so, and it's really gotten him into a whole lot of trouble this is going to be a tough series for the Tigers. This is not a favorable matchup, I feel like, for them. Now, I've said that before, and the Tigers have gone on to win series, right? I said it wasn't a favorable matchup against Cincinnati. I said it wasn't a favorable matchup against Cleveland. Uh, they won a couple series there. Like, it's not out of the realm of possibility that they play some good baseball, but this Twins offense is loaded. I mean, for one, you have the Tiger killer of all Tiger killers, Nelson Cruz, who is bordering on putting together a Hall of Fame case here, like... He got busted for PEDs and has gone on to have a Hall of Fame prime after that. That's a conversation for another day, but it's a really good lineup. It's a powerful lineup. It's a lineup that hits for a lot of extra base pop, including home runs. This is a team that broke the major league record for most home runs in a season a year ago. They return a majority of that core that won 101 games last season. It's going to be a very difficult task this weekend for this ball club, but you know, you got to try to start by winning one, seeing if you can take one tonight. Hopefully Matt Boyd will be able to get on track for the Tigers. It would be nice to just it, like a huge sigh of relief. I'm sure for him and really for, for the front office, especially a front office that was hell bent on making sure that he stayed on the team a year ago at the deadline. It would be nice to just see him go, you know, give him six innings, you know, give him six innings too earned. It would, it would carry him a long way. I feel like, so that will do it. For today's show, you can follow me on Twitter at Castellani2014. That's at C-A-S-T-E-L-L-A-N-I-2014. You can follow the show on Twitter at LockedOnTigers. While you're at it, go to Apple Podcasts. Go to iTunes. Leave a positive review of this show. It would be much, much appreciated. And while you are at it, subscribe to my YouTube channel. It would really, really mean a lot. You will find the link to that on my bio on Twitter. We're over a thousand subs. Let's get those watch hours up 
It, nothing would please me more and nothing would be more of a full circle moment in my life than to monetize my YouTube page through movie reviews. It would really be a wonderful thing. Thank you very much for listening. Have a great rest of your day and go Tigers.